Second Corinthians chapter 5. I went out for a walk yesterday and there was a shop in Foy, <coughs> a restaurant, and I noticed a sign on it and it said, under new management. And it, it made me think. I had been thinking of this a verse in this chapter. Uh, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And I'd been thinking about that as I was walking along. And then I saw this shop which said, under new management. And I wondered if, in fact, under new management is the same as being a new creation. I don't know whether it actually is or not, but there we are. I thought, under new management, and that's what we all should be as Christians. We have been serving Satan all our lives. We're... We're, we're born in sin and shaped in iniquity. But when we come into a living relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, we should be under new management. I didn't notice any difference in the shop. <laughs> and and that, that probably is a bad thing. I think if you take over a shop and you're under new management, you should paint it or do something with it to make it appear that at least looks as if it's under new management. You shouldn't have to put a notice in the window, maybe. People should recognize that it's under new management. I'm always reticent to having a little fish in the back of my car in case I cut somebody in on the motorway or do something. And then uh, that whole thing would be wasted. It should be like this on the new management thing. When, when we become Christians, when we become born again of the Spirit of God, people should see in our lives that we are under new management. Maybe it's no harm to have a fish in the back as well. And uh, they know, because they don't see your face when you're driving the car. But we want to see, people need to see the beauty of Jesus in our face. Let the beauty of Jesus be seen in me. We said that at the start. All his wondrous compassion and purity. Oh, my Savior divine. All my nature refine till the beauty of Jesus be seen in me. And we, we see that. Let them see love in our eyes. People need to see that we are under new management. And we shouldn't necessarily have to put a notice up in the window. Uh, but we're going to look at different things this morning, maybe. Second Corinthians chapter 5, and read a few verses. For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved we have a building of God a house not made with hands eternal in the heavens for in this we groan earnestly desiring to be clothed upon with our house which is from heaven if so be that being clothed we should not be found naked for we that are in this tabernacle do groan being burdened, not for, for that we would be unclothed, but clothed upon, that mortality might be swallowed up of life. Now he that hath wrought us for the selfsame thing is God, who also hath given unto us the earnest of the Spirit. Therefore we are always confident knowing that whilst we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith and not by sight. We are confident, I say, 
and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Wherefore we labor that whether present or absent we may be accepted of him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done whether it be good or bad. And then Paul goes on and talks eventually about being a new creation, a new uh, creature in Christ. Old things are passed away. All things become new. All things. Not just part of us. All things become new. We're new creations. This house in which we live, this old house, we used to sing years ago, this old house is getting older. You know the one. Ain't a going to need this house no longer. Ain't a going to need this house no more. Ain't got time to fix the shingles. Ain't got time to fix the floor. Ain't got time to fix the chimney nor to mend the window pane. Ain't going to need this house no longer getting ready for the judgment day. And this old house which we have is getting older. We're just talking about some of our older people. And there's a picture here of a tent in verse 1 of a tabernacle and of a building. The picture of the tabernacle or tent, tents and tabernacles of, of soldiers and shepherds and travelers and such like people which are put up and taken down and removed from place to place. There is the sense here of a temporary building. And that's what our tent, our body is like. It's a temporary thing. The way some of us treat it, we think it's going to last forever. You look at all the things that you see for people's bodies. All the ointments and lotions and things which you put on to try and stop aging. But you know what? This body of ours is temporal. It's, it's, going, it's moving around from place to place, but it's not permanent. It's like a shepherd's tent. It's like a soldier's tent. It's something which is moved from place to place, taken up and down. And it denotes the frailty of our mortal bodies. You know, we think we're going to last here forever, but the frailty. James 4 and verse 14, it says what life is like. James 4 and 14 Whereas we know not what shall be on the morrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. Just like a puff of smoke, a puff of steam, a vapor coming out of the kettle. And it's gone. That's what life's like. And as we get older, we realize that more and more. When we're young, you know, I, you don't feel any different as you get older, strangely enough. You think you can still do the same things, but you know life is frail. We 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 said the, the I think when I was praying I mentioned Psalm 103. It must be on my mind, Psalm 103, and what does it say? Uh, Psalm 103, like as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. Yes, he has compassion on us, for he knows our frame. He remembers that we are but dust. As for man, his days are as grass, 
as a flower of the field so he flourishes and the wind passes over it and it is gone and the place thereof shall know it no more you know we got something a friend of ours died a while back and something came into the, the town into the house and it was they were setting up a memorial trust uh, in his name and I thought how pointless really you know it's only trying to uh, keep something going which is gone remember when my father died thinking that all the knowledge that he had was gone he'd worked so hard for to, to do things to put things together once life is just like it's like a tent you fold up the tent and that's it picture of a tent and it says in Corinthians going back to 2nd Corinthians chapter 5 again if this house this tabernacle this tent were dissolved the thought is come to naught come to naught can't get much well I suppose you can you can get below north but it's, you haven't got very far when you're at north everything just comes down to it's getting down to basics doesn't it when it's dissolved when it comes back to north again instead of being up at a hundred it's down to north our mortal bodies are dissolved they, they come to north but if that happens it's interesting what Paul says here if that happens then we have a building now he's speaking here to people who are Christians people who are born again of the Spirit of God people who have put their faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ but he says if uh, our mortal our tabernacles were dissolved we have a building of God a house not made with hands a house eternal in the heavens And the thought behind this building is the process of building. There's a process of building. Our home is being built. Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I'll come again and receive you unto myself. There's a process of building. And it is being built by God. You know, we've had a, a few times try to get builders in and some of the builders that come in are not really very good man tries to build things up for himself sometimes but this building is being built by God if we're going to have something which is permanent eternal I think it's great that God is building it it's all of God's building and preparing it's not made by our hands it's not made by human hands it's not obtained by works of righteousness done by men it's been built by God it's in the heavens and it will continue forever eternal in the heavens not a wonderful thing we have if, if, when our bodies fail when it comes to naught when our bodies dissolve then we have this hope we have a house not made with hands eternal in the heavens going on to verse 2 
he changes the picture here. He changes the picture uh, from a tent to a garment. For in this we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed upon with our house, which is from heaven. In this tent we groan. We desire to move on earnestly desiring to pursue it with love. We have a love relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ and we want to, to be there with him. And what does Paul say in Philippians 1.23? He said, I'm in a strait betwixt two. I can't make up my mind, he says. I, I, I have so much to do down here and yet I wanted to depart. My desire is to, to depart and be with Christ, which is so much better. Far, far better, he says. But he said, I, I, I still have so much to do down here on earth. He couldn't make up his mind what he wanted. He said, I want to be with Christ, which is far better. But he said, oh, I, have, I have so much to do down here as well. Oh, we desire, we desire this body, we desire this house in heaven, don't we? A love desire because of what the Lord Jesus Christ has done for us. To be clothed, we will be stripped of the garment of the flesh and clothed in heavenly garments of glory. Let's look at Revelation. We looked at this, I think, last week, Revelation chapter 3. But Revelation 3 and verse 5 it said, To him that overcometh the same shall be clothed in white raiment. And I will not blot out his name out of the book of life. But I will confess him and confess his name before my father and before the angels. Do you want God to, to mention you in heaven? You know, we, we have this. Uh, if, if somebody said to you someday, I, I, I mention you to the queen. You know, I'll be up in Buckingham Palace next week. I put in a word for you. You know, you'd, you'd say, oh, that's nice. Yes, uh, yeah, do that. But this is so much more important. <clears throat> Jesus says here, and he's speaking, he said, I will confess you before my Father in heaven. That's lovely. Lovely thoughts, isn't it? That if we, if we please him down on earth, he will confess him, confess us, before our Father in heaven. We won't be naked. We'll be clothed with garments of glory. And just, I shove this in, although it's nothing to do really with what we're, we're speaking about, but I thought it was too good not to put in. As Christians, of course, this shouldn't make us proud. This shouldn't make us uh, a kind of one-upmanship on those people around us. Paul, Peter, when he was writing in, in 1 Peter 5, verse 5, he said another thing we should be clothed with down here on earth. Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. That's good. For the children, eh? <laughs> Hate to get at you. Yea, all of us be subject one to another. That's just the same for each of us have to be subject one to another. <clears throat> and to be clothed with humility. For God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. <clears throat> God gives us grace if we prepare ourselves and we are humble in his presence what does the Lord require of thee to do what is just to love mercy and to walk humbly before our God it says in Micah and then in verse 4 
For we are, we that are in this tabernacle do groan, being burdened. And I put in we groan, we don't moan. You know, so many of us moan these days. We moan about things. We complain. Paul didn't moan. He said, I have discovered that in whatever state I am therein to be content. If we could get like that, into that situation that no matter what happens, he said, I'm content. If, I'm, if things are going well, I'm content. If things are hard, God has taught me to be content. And you know, it's very easy. And I find myself doing it so many times, complaining about things. Complaining about the government, complaining about the weather, complaining about the, 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 the condition of things in the world. We complain, we, we moan. But what we should do, we should be groaning. We groan, we sigh, we're burdened, we're weighed down. But that shouldn't make us miserable. Second Corinthians chapter 4, just go back to chapter 4. We'll read a few verses here. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our bodies. For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. So then, death worketh in us, but life in you. We having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed, and therefore have I spoken. We also believe, and therefore speak. Knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise up us also by Jesus, and shall present us with you. For all things are for your sakes, that the abundant grace might be through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God. Paul was saying that he was troubled and persecuted and he was in despair. He was never in despair. He was distressed but not perplexed. He was persecuted but not forsaken. Cast down but not destroyed. That's the kind of victorious living we should be having. When things seem to go hard against us, Paul was saying that's when, that's when the, the, the power of Jesus. He says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. He can, when I'm weak, when I am weak, he is strong in my life. And let's look at Ezekiel. Go back to Ezekiel. Jeremiah Lamentations, Ezekiel. And if you look at Ezekiel chapter 9 and verse 4, there's one verse there which we have looked at on previous occasions. This vision that uh, Ezekiel had. And they, he just described a lot of abominations which had, uh, were taking place in, within Israel. In chapter 8, if you read it when you go home. And God's judgment was coming. And there's a picture of a... a, a, a people who are going to, angels who are going to go around and destroy, starting with the house of God. But in verse 4, it says, The Lord said unto him, Go through the midst of the city, through the midst of Jerusalem, and set a mark on the foreheads of the men that sigh and cry for all the abominations that be done 
in the midst thereof. God is looking for people today, Christians, who groan, who, who sigh, who are burdened by what is going on around them. The sin in the world, the way that the, the world has forsaken God. And he's looking for people who, who have a burden for the souls of men, who have a burden. He says, go and set a mark on the people that cry, that sigh. Do we sigh, not for ourselves, not by moaning about things, but have we a burden, a burden. We are, we groan being burdened, it says in Corinthians. Do we have that burden for the truth of the gospel? Do we have that burden for the souls of people around us? God give us that kind of groaning. That's what we're looking for. That's what he's looking for in you and me. Going on to verse 5, time is going to beat us a little bit. We go on to verse 5. 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 5. Now he that hath wrought us for the selfsame thing is God, who also hath given us the earnest of the Spirit. God's work in us and his pledge to us. God's work in us. God is working in each one of us. In, Corinth, in Timothy, 2 Timothy, we read a few verses in 2 Timothy uh, chapter 1, verse 8. Remember that Jesus Christ of the seed of David was raised from the dead according to my gospel. Wherein I suffer trouble as an evildoer, even unto bonds, but the word of God is not bound. Therefore I endure all things for the elect's sake, that they may also obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. It is a faithful saying, for if we be dead with him, we shall also live with him. If we suffer, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. If we believe not, yet he abideth faithful. He cannot deny himself. And so on. God is working. And Paul says even though he's suffering here, he's suffering as if he wasn't an evildoer. He's in chains. We don't have to do that. But God is working in us. And he has given us the earnest of the Spirit. He has given us the Holy Spirit into our lives. That is the pledge of our salvation. The earnest, the money which in purchases is given as a pledge or a down payment that the full amount will subsequently be paid. That is what we have. We have the Holy Spirit. He indwells each believer. And this is re-emphasized in Ephesians again. He is the pledge of our salvation. The pledge. The only pledge we have of our salvation is the, the pledge of the Holy Spirit in our lives. He's the, 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 to show that someday we shall receive these glorified bodies. Because of that, Paul says, therefore, we are confident because we have the Holy Spirit indwelling us, we have confidence. Not in the flesh, not in our mortal bodies, 
but in God's promises and God's word. Whilst we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. He's getting around to this again. He's getting on to the fact that while we're down here on earth, we're, we're absent from being with permanently with the Lord. He wanted to get home. He, he says so many times here and there, I've run the race. Henceforth there's laid up for me a crown. He, he was tired. He must have been. You could see the day coming when he was going to meet his Lord. And some of us get tired of things around us. We're tired of all the, the evil in the world. But God has still left us here to do his work. We're here. There's a, there's a work for Jesus. None but you can do. Serve him ever, fault and ever. Christ obey. Yield him service, loyal truth. There's a work for Jesus none but you can do. We're each given a special task. We each have special uh, gifts to do what he wants us to do. To go where he wants us to go and to be what he wants us to be. For we live by faith. We live by faith, not by sight. And just quickly, you know, if you look at the men of faith, if you look at Hebrews 11 when you go home and read the whole chapter and see that these men of faith, they live by faith. They did live by sight. You know, I was going to, in children here this morning, I was going to tell the, the little ones about the story of Moses. And I was going to tie it in with this. But the story of Moses, you know, he he was in the palace of the of the Pharaoh. He needn't have, he needn't have bothered about the, the children of Israel being being uh, abused outside. He he was in a, a fantastic position with all these pharaohs. I mean, the, the wealth of Egypt is is hard to imagine. The, the the luxury he was living in. But he was prepared to to stand up. It wasn't logical for him to get involved with, with a couple of fellows having a fight. He was a prince of Egypt. But he, was, he lived by faith. Faith. Not by sight. It wasn't... Uh, Abraham was the same. He was... He, was, he lived... He, he left his land. Didn't know where he was going. Probably had a comfortable life, a, a farm, and plenty of goods. But God said, get up and go. We have modern-day people like Gladys Aylward, people like that, who went to Kerry, who went to India, never came back, never came home on leave, stayed there all his life. Instead, he was a cobbler back home, but he probably had a comfortable enough life. But God said, get up and go. And that's what he says to us. We have to live by faith. Not logical what God sometimes said. When, when the children of Israel were standing at, at, at the Red Sea, God said, you're going to go, go through it. It was faith. It wasn't logical. We live by faith, Paul says, not by sight. We are confident, I say, and willing rather to be present from the body, absent from the body, and to be present with the Lord. Wherefore we labor that whether we be present or absent, we may be accepted by him. And that's it, isn't it? We are cheerful in our present state, being assured of future happiness. We live by faith. Faith in what is lying ahead for us. But you know, close with this, 
there's a very solemn verse at the end of this little passage. It says that we may be accepted of him for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that everyone may receive the things done in his body according that he hath done whether it be good or bad. And we, we looked at this a few weeks ago whether, whether what we build we build on the foundation of Jesus Christ but what we build in our lives whether it will last or not. Read 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Whether it is gold and silver or precious stones which will withstand the heat of judgment or whether it is wood, hay and stubble which will be burnt up. We must all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Let us re-examine our lives. Have we got that loving desire to be with Christ which is so much better? Paul had that loving desire to be with his Father and with Jesus. Have we got it? Is what we are doing with our lives accepted of him? Because it's rather solemn. We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. May we not be ashamed on that day. May we hear his voice saying to us, Well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. There's a land beyond the river which they call the sweet forever. And you only reach that shore by faith's decree. And we look forward, we live by faith, we walk by faith, not by sight. Let's be prepared to be people of faith, to do exciting things this week for our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen.